we have had some amazing speakers during this uh, Kingdom Critical series, have we not? And um, today, today you get me. Sorry. So, that's all right. It's okay. That's all right. Um, so I wanted to go ahead and dismiss our children at this time. You all can go ahead and head out to your classes. Man, that last bit really got me. Where would I be? Where would I be? Uh, it's amazing that we serve a God that intervenes right at the last moment, right? Like, when there is no other way out, he's like, hey, look over here. I prepared a way for you. I prepared, and you didn't see it the whole time, right at the last moment. Right at the last moment. We serve an on-time God, amen? He's never late. He is never, but he's never early, neither. Right on time. Right on time. So we're going to go and continue in this Kingdom Critical uh, series. The message that I'm bringing today is called Kingdom Invitation. Kingdom Invitation. I was going to name it something else, but, you know, a friend of mine said, hey, how about this? I said, wow, that's amazing. That is much better than what I thought of. So we're going to go with that. <laughs> we're going to go with that. So I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet as we read from God's word. We're going to be in the book of Matthew chapter 22. For those of you that know me, you know that I like to, I like to tell a good story, right? I get that. I get that from my dad. And so I love going through the parables because, you know, there's, there's stories, but stories with a purpose. And so Jesus is a, an amazing storyteller, and he always brings it home. And so we're going to go ahead and read, um, beginning in verse 1. It says, And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding. And they were not willing to come. What a shame. Again, he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who were invited, See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways one to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. All over an invitation. But when the king heard about it, he was furious, and he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all who they found, both bad and good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, 
how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, the few are chosen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, dear God. Father, I pray that you would open up our minds, our understanding, dear God. Give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying to us this morning, dear God. Help us not to be stiff-necked, my Lord God, but help us to be malleable in your hands, dear God, that we would be cut to the heart this morning and that we would respond in obedience to your call. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. If you do not have an outline, there was outlines in the lobby, and you can raise your hand if you didn't get one so you can follow along. It's important to take notes, right? I had a professor that told me that no, no pencil, no mind is sharper than a pencil. And I was like, that's true, especially when it comes to your tests, especially when it comes to your tests. So many people love weddings. The older I get, the less I go because it usually requires the purchasing of a gift, the dressing up, the worry about like, man, who am I going to sit with at this table? Like, is it going to be awkward? Is it going to be people that I know, that I don't know? But, you know, there are weddings that I cannot wait for. There are weddings that, you know, it's like, man, it's going to be exciting. There's going to be a bunch of people there that I actually know and like. And the table that I'm sitting at is probably a table full of friends. And so we're going to have a fantastic time. Not only that, not only that, I love those weddings where you know that these people are going to go all out, right? That the food is not going to be like, mm. it's going to be banging, right? Like, it's going to be amazing. And so I can't, you can't wait to go. So... Those are, that's, when I think about this wedding feast, that's what I think about. I think about, like, my goodness, it is going to be amazing. When we get to heaven and we finally get to that wedding feast, the, the wedding of the Lamb, it is going to be greater than any wedding you've ever seen, any, any wedding that you've ever thought about. Any wedding that you've ever dreamed of, it is going to be more amazing than that. And not just that, you get to invite whoever you want. I said not just that, but you get to invite anyone you want. I don't know about you, but when I find a good restaurant, when I find a fantastic restaurant, I'm like, bro, you got to go check this place out. Matter of fact, after church, on such and such day, we're going to go check it out together, right? We're going to go together, and I'll even pay for you because it's so good. No excuse. Because it's so good. So when I think about the gospel, this is how excited we should get. We have received an invitation you and I have received this invitation. And it doesn't just say plus one. It says plus however many you want. Invite whoever you want. We should get excited. 
I want you to think about this this morning. The king's invitation is open to all and should not be ignored or rejected. But if it is accepted, if it is accepted, come dressed to impress. Come dressed to impress. So when we look at the first verses here, we, we see the invitation. We see the servants going out. This first group obviously represents the Jews who rejected the king's invitation. So then I started thinking about like royal weddings, right? The most recent one that came to mind was, anybody remember? Prince Harry and, you know, Meghan Markle, right? It was like this, like, Wedding of the decade or century or whatever. I don't know. It was, it was a big deal. I remember. You know how many people got invited? 2,000. 2,000 people. I mean, that seems like a lot of people to me. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have that many people in my wedding. I, you know, we had to start cutting. To like, so is so-and-so coming? No, but maybe send an invitation because they might send a gift. Just say it. <laughs> Hey, listen, we didn't have anything, okay? So we had to go ahead and... Decisions were made. Decisions were made. But it's funny because only 2,000 people received an invitation, but an estimated 1.9 billion nosy people, because they didn't didn't receive an invitation, but they wanted to see what was up, right? They tuned in to the broadcast. 1.9 billion with a B. People watched that. You think it was important? You think they would? They, they wish they would have received an invitation? They probably would have made any type of provision to go, right? They would have sold this, sold that, be like, listen, we're <laughs> we going to the invitation. We're going to the royal wedding. We're going to the royal wedding. Mm. Funny, right? Mm. Mm. I'm going to let that one sit right there. Let that one sit. Who says no to a royal wedding invitation? Who does that? I'll tell you who does that. People who don't understand who it is that is inviting them. They don't get it. They don't understand it. So as some of y'all know, I got this new job, right? And this new job requires me to attend meetings, right? So I used to attend other meetings before in my past job, but most of the time, you know, when I got invited to a, a meeting, it always said, like, optional, right? Because my leader used to go. So it was always, it was an optional thing. So I didn't realize, <laughs> I didn't realize early on that there are some meetings that are mandatory, right? Your presence is requested, required, required. So those are the type of meetings that you can't just skip. You can skip if, number one, you died. That's usually acceptable. You know, you passed away. Unfortunately, you cannot make it to the meeting. That's okay. That's all right. Or if a catastrophe happened to you, legit catastrophe, right? Because if you do not attend these required meetings, right? I was new, so I got a soft check. But there was others that were not new, and the check was not so soft. Uh, Disciplinary action may follow. A required invitation. Required. So if we notice in verse 3, 
the king sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. So these people got to save the date. Y'all have gotten to save the date, right? Where do you put it? On the fridge, right? So you don't, you don't forget, right? You don't forget. Later on, sometimes you go ahead and get a little reminder. Say, hey, don't forget. You know, you get a little invitation. Don't forget, this is the date, right? So these people got a text message, right, in the form of servants. They went out and said, hey, it's time. The wedding is on. We're ready to rock. To now, come. Your presence is required. Let's go. What happens? They're like, nah, I don't want to come. But this is a gracious king. So what does he do? In verse 4, he says, again, he sent out again, right? Second time. This is the follow-up text. Again, he sent out other servants saying, tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner. Now he gets into details. My oxen and fatted cattle are killed. In other words, I already went ahead and prepared everything. I, kill my, I can't unkill my oxen. We cannot uncook it. We cannot undo that. The time is right now, right? My fatted cattle are killed, and all things, say all things, all things already come to the wedding. It didn't say think about coming to the wedding. It said come to the wedding. Who is the one that is doing the speaking? The king, right? Through his servants, the king is saying come, right? Now, if someone in authority tells you come, come now, right? Y'all got the juror summons in the mail, right? You're like, oh, no. (laughs) Immediately, you're like excited about your civic duty. I'm sorry, excited about declining your civic duty, right? You're like, um, I have things going, I can't, like, my job, uh, this, that, the other thing. You come up with a million excuses because, man, who wants to go to jury duty? (laughs) Who wants to do that? But my goodness, if you, uh, if you just skip it, you don't call, you don't. Don't skip on your civic duty, okay? Just words of the wise. Just don't, don't do that. It's time. See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle are killed. The time is now. So the servant, the, so these invitees, right, the people that he got invited, they responded real quick, right? They're like, oh, oh, wait, hold on, it's the king speaking? Yeah, I'm going right now. I'm going to drop everything and go. Unfortunately, that's not how it goes. Verse 5 says, but they made light of it. They didn't take it seriously. And went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. So they're like, you know what? This thing that I got going on is more important than any invitation from the king. How crazy, bless you, how crazy is that? See how they didn't understand. They didn't understand who was the one that was doing the inviting. They didn't didn't take it to heart. They got the invitation. They had the information. They knew the news. But they did not understand. And some people took it next level. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. 
killed them. It's crazy because you notice that the servants aren't the ones that are doing the rejecting. It's the ones that are invited, right? And it wasn't the first time that the servants that were doing the inviting went out. This is the second time. Is our God not merciful? Is our God not gracious? Does he not give us opportunity? And yet, and yet, those that were invited said, no, I'm not going. So what happened? <laughs> the king didn't like that, right? That didn't sit well with him. People murdered his servants because they were inviting them to come to the feast, to the wedding that he had prepared. So what do you do? Verse 7. But when the king heard about it, he was furious, and he sent out his armies. Because you know kings got armies, right? Crazy. Destroyed those murderers and burned their city. He said, okay, you don't want to respond? I'll respond. I'll let you know who I am. Now, again, this is primarily speaking to the rejection of Jesus, of the good news of the gospel by the Jews at this time. But let it serve as a sobering warning to those who decide to reject the gospel now. God is a gracious God. He is a merciful God. He is a kind God. He is not a mean God, but he is a serious God. If he says it, he means it. If he promises, he will deliver Bishop, a few weeks ago, talked about God's faithfulness, which is fantastic. When we're talking about God's promises, you know, for me, to, that he'll never leave me, never forsake me, never. But he is faithful to his word. And if something hasn't come yet, it is because of his mercy, not because he is a liar, not because he delays, just because he's merciful. But let's not get it twisted, friends. It will happen. It will happen. So when we receive this invitation, it is a serious thing. That was my first point. I forgot to tell you all to go ahead and repeat after me. My bad. I just, <laughs> second point, the second point, Israel's loss was our gain. Say, Israel's loss, Israel's loss. was our gain. Right. So we look in verse 9 because obviously, right? The oxen has been slain. I mean, the cattle, you know, everything's been prepared. He's got steaks galore stacked up. I mean, this is not just like light hors d'oeuvres. This is like real deal, like meals. You know what I'm saying? So he's like, I don't want it to go to waste. So what does the king do? The king says, therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, as many as you find. Did he not prepare an amazing meal? He didn't say, don't discriminate. Listen, everybody, everybody that you find, and everybody is everybody, right? Mm. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with 
Yes, rejection by the Jews of this invitation. Open up the invitation to us, the Gentiles, those by the highways. I don't know about you, but that just, whenever I read that, and even right now when I'm reading that, it just does something inside of me. Sometimes you're on a highway and you're lost. You don't know where you're going. But you're on the highway. You're going somewhere. You might be going the wrong way. And if you're a guy, you're probably not going to admit it. We'll get there. We'll get there. I think this is the way. This might be the way. I don't know if this is the way, but I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm just going to keep going, pretending like I know what I'm doing, right? How long are we going to pretend? So we see, right, on the highways, these servants coming out and inviting them. Hey, I don't know where you're going, but I know a place where there is provision. I know a place where there's rest. I know a place where it's going to be an amazing, amazing time. So I don't know where it is that you're going right now, but I'm inviting you to come. Come to the king's son's wedding. Come and have a good time. Come and have your fill. I don't know about you, but that sounds good to me, right? It sounds great to me. If I get an invitation to a royal wedding right now, I'm be like, all right, we're going to pray. And we're going to leave because we're going to a royal wedding, right? It's going to be, <laughs> we're leaving right now. But sometimes, man, we forget, we forget that there's people out there on that highway. Who knows where they're going? They might think they know where they're going, but you got an invitation for them, don't you? Mm. You got an invitation for them. So hold on to that. Amen, sister. Invite. 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 Don't just assume people don't want to come. It says good and bad. It didn't matter. I mean, it didn't matter what kind of person they were. They were like, hey, do you want to come to the want to come to the wedding? It's already ready. It's ready now. Come, let's go. I'll show you the way. Invite, invite. In the book of Romans, it's crazy because I was as I was thinking about you know Israel, uh, in the book of Romans chapter eleven, Paul goes into detail with this, starting in verses verse eleven um, and reading through twelve. It says, "I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Certainly not." But through their fall to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Now, if their fall is riches for the world and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? My friends, God's not done with Israel. Let's pray for Israel. Amen. 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 But it also got me thinking one time, right, they, um, at my old job, they used to have this uh, this breakfast, and if you know me, um, I love breakfast. I'll have breakfast for dinner and lunch. I have breakfast all day. I don't because I love breakfast. So they had uh, they had this thing where if you were there thirty days new hire, they wanted to hear what you had to say. But at this point, you know, we were at like 
you know, crisis as far as staffing. So if there was somebody that was new hire, right, and they were in the building, they were working. They weren't going to no breakfast or anything. No, <laughs> we ain't got time for that. You need to get to work. So HR, who was putting on the, the breakfast, had prepared this amazing, there was fruit. There was, like, good fruit, too, not like the, and there was pancakes. Mm. There was French toast. There was bacon. There was sausage. There was turkey sausage. There was like chicken sausage too. There was scrambled eggs. I mean, they went out, all out, all out. I got a call. One of the HR reps was like, hey, Aldo, we had all this food and nobody showed up. No one. They're lost, right? But they called me. <laughs> they called me. I said, they're like, hey, um, we have all this food down here. All you got to do is bring a cart. I said, I'm on my way. <laughs> I don't know if there was patients waiting or not. And I apologize. I'm so sorry if there was. But breakfast was calling my name. <laughs> calling my name. So I get down there, right? And I'm thinking like, you know, maybe like you know, a little tray and a little it was trays like this big, full of like everything that I just described to you. And so I was like, thank God I brought the big cart. They were like, they're like, yeah, so we'll go ahead and help you out. And I'm like, help me out. Load it up. So we went ahead and loaded it all up right into the cart. And I was like, oh my goodness, it's a wonderful day today. I think it was a Wednesday. <laughs> so I went upstairs and I'm like, I'm like, all right. But I was like, this is a lot of food. I can't with just this right here. I mean, now nah, I can put it down. But let's not, let's not get crazy either. So I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and share with the people, right? Let me share with the department. So I go around with my little cart. You know, I wish I had a bell, little three, three, breakfast cart. We ready. So they had given me plates and, you know, they had like juice. They had all kinds of stuff. And, you know, they're like, what is this for? I'm like, well, there were some people that were having a breakfast, but nobody came. So I decided to go ahead and bring it up to her. They're like, wow, this is amazing. I'm like, I know. This is fantastic. So I'm like, man, I went to every single department that we had. I went to nuclear medicine. We went to ultrasound. went to MRI. went down to the ER. I went everywhere. And there were still more food. And I'm like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, man, this is going to go to waste. So then I started calling everybody that I knew, all the units. I'm like, hey, listen, I've got breakfast down here. Come down. It's ready. And I started preparing places. Man, the smile on those people's faces. Provision. Somebody else's loss was our gain. And my goodness, was it so, so good. And I, listen, I didn't care if it was for somebody else. I didn't, listen, no pride here. I was like, look, I'll eat it. <laughs> I will eat it. But it wasn't just a blessing for me, but it was a blessing for others. The gospel is like that. The gospel, I mean, you don't truly savor it. You don't truly, like, come when until you see somebody else. Man, you ever seen somebody else get saved? You ever see somebody else get baptized 
and then you start to remember like, I remember when I was first saved. I was like, Mr. Holy, oh no, I can't look. I can't. In the word. I don't want to participate in that. No, because it's not holy. When I see people get baptized, I'm like, man, I remember. I remember that feeling when you come out and you're like, man, I'm so, so clean. And so like, you feel like a new person. It's like, man, you remember all those things pass away. You, you, you're new, like new, new. And then somewhere along the way, I don't know. It just, I don't know if life gets in the way or you get used to a good thing or you don't tell nobody about it. You just kind of sit there and just go plugging along. I'm not saying that you don't, you know, you don't pray, you don't read your Bible, you don't, you know, you don't come to church. But there's just no fire, no, no spark. My friends, uh, the gospel is to be shared, not to be kept by yourself. Could you imagine me keeping all that food? It doesn't make any sense, right? Just like that. It doesn't make any sense for you to keep your mouth shut. It doesn't make any sense. It's to be shared with others. The gospel isn't just for the benefit of yourself. It's for others. It's for everyone. You get to invite everybody. Everybody. Even the people who don't like you. How could they not like you? You're amazing, right? You're a child of God. God's creation. How could they not like you? I don't know. Anyway, my last point. Say proper attire is required. Let me tell you, I was so sad. So when my wife and I, when we first got married, man, we went on the seven-day cruise. I don't know what possessed us. I had never been on a boat like that. Nobody warned me. Nobody told me. Nobody said nothing to me about, like, motion sickness or anything like that. I was like, look. I'm getting married, and this cruise seems amazing to me because all I got to worry about is getting there. And then there's food all the time, buffets, activities, all kinds of stuff, right? So I was like, I just got to get this. It sounds great to me, right? And somebody else paid for it, too. I mean, I, I put the deposit, but somebody else was like, hey, we want to bless you. I'm like, bless me. <laughs> bless me, please. We got on this boat, and uh, and they told me, they're like, listen, there's a formal night. I said, okay. And they're like, you got to wear, like, a suit, tie. I was like, all right, cool. Now, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, so, you know, I had slacks, the white shirt, and the tie. The black tie. The skinny one. <laughs> the little clip. <laughs> So I was like, good, but I didn't have no jacket, right? And I was like, oh, man, I can go up in there looking crazy. Come on now. I go dressed to impress. So I told my brother, I'm like, Tony, I need a suit. He's like, I got you. 
I'm like, ooh, I'm ready. So formal night comes, right? I didn't know that they had like special food and all that. The captain shows up. So I was like, all right, and I gotta come ready. So I, I was up in there and everybody, everybody was up in there with their suit and tie. I was like, okay. Okay, thank God I borrowed a suit because if not, I would have been looking crazy. I'm like, all right, man, formal pictures. It was amazing. Fast forward 20 years later, I just went on a cruise, right? It was fantastic, amazing. I didn't have no service, so nobody could get a hold of me, which is great. <laughs> That's probably my favorite part. I'm like, babe, we're taking a cruise every year. Every year we're taking a cruise. So we went this time around, and there was a formal night, right? So I'm thinking like, man, I got to come dressed. Man, I had to come dressed to impress. So I got myself a new suit because, you know, anyway. So I got myself a new suit, right? And I hooked it up, tried it on, and it came in like last, like late because I, I went to go get it late, okay? I'll confess. I, I waited last minute, you know? I don't know. I like I liked the adrenaline rush. Anyway, so it came in. And I was ready, right? So Vanessa and I were like, you know, and Alina too, because Alina had to go. She was like, man, I got to get her dressed too. I was like, babe, you got to come dressed to impress, right? My wife too, she went ahead and got her dressed too. I was like, oh my, when she put that dress on, I was like, we need to get married again, girl. <laughs> I do. Um, so, man, we were looking, listen, not to brag, all right? But we were looking good. We were looking real good, okay? Even my son, my son, he was wearing a jacket too. He was like, I was like, okay, young man, you look good. You look good. He was like, do I look handsome, daddy? I'm like, absolutely. Absolutely, you look handsome. So we went, right? And we walk into the dining room, and I look around, and I'm like, It's formal night, right? <laughs> I got people like t-shirt, like shorts, and like button down, but like it's not ironed. It's like people looking crazy. So I'm like walking around and I'm like, <laughs> I feel overdressed. <laughs> Just a little bit. But I was like, you know what? Bless you. I said, it's formal night. And I take it seriously. I need to come dressed to impress. If these people didn't come up in here dressing, that's on them. That's on them. But it's crazy, right? Because we see the, the king come, and he's walking around looking at these guests. Ain't notice somebody that ain't wearing no suit. Mm. It's like, what are you wearing? <laughs> the invitation was clear, right? My servant said, come to a wedding. Were you not paying attention? You had the time from when the invite was told to you to walk over and come, and here you are. You present yourself, and... 
you're not wearing wearing a wedding garment. Like, what what happened? And the servant was speechless. How many of y'all got kids? Your kids ever come and try to tell you something that you know is a lie? They come to you, and especially when they tell you a lie that you told when you were a kid, right? You're like, oh, I know you're lying. And you try to keep a straight face, right, because it's a serious, serious moment, right? You're disciplining your child, right? And you wanna, all you want to do is laugh, so you got to turn around. You got to be like, hold on, so give me a minute. <laughs> so, you know, you go, they go ahead and tell you, and you come back, you're like, you're lying. And then shock comes over their face, right? They just, the, their face just loses all color, right? And you're like, mmm. And they are what? Speechless. Because I know you was lying. Why are they speechless? Because they know. They know. And now they know that you know. And because you know, now you got to deal with that. Mmm. Jonathan and Joanna, get ready. It's coming. <laughs> speechless because they know. This guy was speechless because he knew. What was he going to say? What was he going to say? Nothing. He knew. He thought he was slick. He was like, no, I'll just go ahead and mingle in with the crowd, and nobody's going to notice me, and I'm going to be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> right? He got caught. The king was like, King got a good eye. He was like, eh, eh? What happened? Formal attire was required, Papa. And what happened? You come up in here looking crazy? Nope. I don't think so. What is this attire? We look to Ephesians 4.4. 4, it says, we must put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Oh, man, trying to come up in there looking crazy. Galatians 3.27 says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. See, it's not just enough to go ahead and accept the invite. You got to be dressed to impress. I'm going to tell you right now, there ain't nothing in your closet that's going to go ahead and fit the bill. Don't try to go ahead and cobble something together. I'm going to tell you right now, you can't. Christ alone. Christ alone. His righteousness alone. That is the garment the wedding garment that we should have on. Respond to the invitation, become dressed. So then I started thinking, I'm like, okay, so like, what, is that, what does that look like, right? 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. 
I don't know about you, but right before I leave my house, I got to look in the mirror. Test myself before I wreck myself. So I got to look in the mirror because I got to go ahead and make sure that I'm not looking crazy. Because when I go out there, I represent the Banos family, right? Like, you know, got to make sure that, you know, I'm dressed right. I'm looking right. I don't have my hair looking crazy. Although sometimes it does, but that's okay. It's fine. Got to make sure, you know, nothing, my shirt's nice, you know. I look good. Got to check myself. So I'm like, man, as a Christian, how, how do I check myself? So then I came to the book of Romans, and I found 20 questions. I'm like, that's fantastic. That is great. I found a little test. So if you would, go there with me. We're going to go to Romans chapter 12. And we're going to look in the mirror of God's word. That's a great mirror, right? Yeah, yeah. If you want to know, like, what's up, that's where you go, God's word. Romans chapter 12. Now, I don't know if you have a a Bible like my Bible, but sometimes these titles, be <laughs> they be hitting different, right? So, like, I read the title of this one, looking at verse 9. Right above it, it says, behave like a Christian. Behave <laughs> like a Christian. I'm like, okay, that's good. If I want to know if I'm in the faith, right? If I'm in, if I'm doing like a, maybe I should see, read this, right? And see if I'm behaving like a Christian, so beginning in verse 9, it says, and this is going to be long, so just get ready. Put your seatbelts on. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not me first, me second, me third, and me last. And if there's anything else, me too. Not lagging in diligence. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, not doom and gloom all the time, patient in tribulation, not trying to help God because God don't need your help, continuing steadfastly in prayer, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Let me read that one more time, just one more time. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. Bishop, there are going to be like a million people here Wednesday night. For prayer, they're gonna be like, like it's gonna be full, it's gonna be slammed, like jam packed. We might need to go ahead and get more chairs. Um, <laughs> 13 distributing to the needs of the saints, giving to hospitality, not locking yourself up in your houses and just eating up all your food and not like being inviting people over. I like to eat, I already told you, so like, you know, invite me and I will come. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. So, like, when people cut you off, right, like, don't curse them. You know, bless, bless them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Don't be a hater. Like, if somebody is, something good happened to somebody else, like, be happy for them, like, genuinely happy. And weep with those who weep. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. 
Do not be wise in your own opinion. Sometimes we have problems with that. Um, Repay no evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves. Don't be trying to get even, even if you're in the right. But rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, beat him down. No, I'm sorry. Feed him. Sorry. If he is thirsty, give him drink, for in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So here are my 20 questions. Is your love hypocritical? Do you say, I love you, but your actions don't align with that? Do you abhor evil and cling to what is good, or you dabble in evil and cling sometimes to what is good? Are you kindly affectionate to your brethren? You nice to people? Are you kind to them? Do you speak to them nicely? Or do you say, I'm sorry? This is just who I am. Just who I am. Are you lagging in diligence? Like, are you half-hearted in what you do? Do you do, you do it like as unto the Lord? Because you know he's watching, right? Watching. Watching me too. Are you fervent in spirit, in spirit, serving the Lord? Like, are you like on fire for the Lord? Are you like, man, I can't wait to serve God. I can't wait to find a place to do something. I have to do something for the Lord. You know, we're looking for uh, people to help out in children's ministry. By the way, this is just like a side note. So if you feel led, like you notice something like, man, you know, the children's ministry, they need some help. That is the Lord calling you, leading you to say, hey, maybe me, I may be able to help. Just saying. Are you patient in tribulation? Oh, wait, I skipped one. My bad. Do you rejoice in hope? You ever been around people that it's always raining in their world? That energizes you, right? Like being around them just, you know, fills you with hope and joy and, you know, you just want to be around them all the time. Sometimes you're that person. Sometimes I'm that person. My wife tells me, you need to stop. It's not as bad as you think. Where's your hope? Huh? Sometimes we need people, right, to go ahead and figuratively punch us in the face. Gotta wake up. Are you patient in tribulation? You know when things are like really hard and you're like, man, Lord, if we do this, <laughs> if we, if we do this, then the tribulation will pass, right? Everything will be fine. We'll be, you know, back to our regularly scheduled programming. God don't need your help. You know what he needs? Your obedience. That's what he needs. He needs your obedience. Newsflash. God knows what you're going through. He knows. And guess what? 
He knows how long it'll last. Mm -hmm. He knows. He's not disconnected. He knows your tribulations. He's trying to go ahead and do something. Allow him to work. Allow him to work. Allow him to work. Are you steadfast in prayer? <laughs> Are you steadfast in prayer? Are you consistent in prayer? Is that like a thing? Are you characterized by that? Or is it something that you do like when you think you're about to die? Or like just like right before like every meal because you know you're holy like that? Is it, you know, right before bed? Thank you, Lord, for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Is that, I mean, steadfast in prayer. Do you give to those in need? This one's kind of tough, man, because sometimes in our mind we feel like we need we need so much. We need so much. But, man, let me encourage you. If you see a need, and there may be a little bit of sacrifice like that you have to incur on your part, I encourage you, sacrifice. It's worth it. It's worth it. Because guess what? When you die... You ain't taking anything with you. You're not taking anything with you. It's all staying here. And then they're going to divvy it up. <laughs> they're going to be like, can I get those shoes? I want that ring. Well, she promised me the ring. But anyway, anyway. Are you given to hospitality? Or do you shut yourself up in your house? Like you go to work, home, church. Home, grocery store. Oh, wait, no, we ain't got to go to the grocery store. It's 2022. You could have it delivered. You make an effort to be hospitable. Where you see, like, hey, man, you know, let me, come over. Some people don't flow in this naturally, and that's okay. The Spirit empowers us. Amen. Wow, that was a really quiet amen. I'm among a bunch of hospitable people. All right. <laughs> Do you bless those who persecute you? <laughs> Do you rejoice with those who rejoice? This one's a funny one because, like, how do you feel when somebody gets a new car? Like a friend of yours tells you, hey, man, we got a new car. Is your first like initial reaction like, well, why? Like, I need a new car. Why you getting a new car? I mean, bless the Lord. That's amazing. What a blessing. Mm. Mm. Do you weep with those who weep? Sometimes that's a hard one because, you know, you might not be, like, the emotional type. But when you see somebody hurting, are you a person to be like, hey, now if you need anything, let me know. Don't be that person. What can I do? And insist. No, I want to do something for you. What can I do? Do you need me to pick up groceries? Do you need me to do? What do you need me to do? 
you just need me to sit here. Sometimes, you know what? When you're going through something, you just need somebody to sit next to you as you cry. Right? That's it. Just sit with me. You ain't got to say nothing. You don't have to do anything. You just got to be there. That's it. And listen, you're here right now, so I know you could be there. So if you see somebody going through it, just be there. Just be there. Are you humble? Don't answer that question, okay? That's a, that's a trick question. That's a trick question. Because if you say you're humble, you ain't humble. <laughs> you are not. So ask somebody else, hey, do you think that I'm humble? Humility is a funny thing, right? Especially when somebody compliments you and says, man, you're doing, you're doing such a great job, right? And if you know you busted your butt and try to go ahead and like, man, I have been like slaving away at this thing. And I have been and finally like, yes. You want to stand up real proud like this and be like, yes, I did it. What happened when you were like crying and, Lord, please, Lord, please give me the wisdom. Help me, God. What happened there? Like, so you get the glory or was it anyway? Anyway, we'll move on. Because I know that I'm among, among like humble, humble people, right? It's full of humi- exuding humility. <laughs> Are you wise in your own opinion? Here's a little test, right? You know how sometimes people are, are talking and one person's trying to explain something to another person and then um, you feel the need. The person is given an adequate explanation, right? But you feel the need to re-explain what they've already explained in other words. Even worse, right? Like, Guys, I don't know, this, this one like speaks to me because I, I didn't know this, but sometimes I try to mansplain. And thank God for my wife because she'll just give me a look and be like, I'm like, did I do it? She's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to have a seat. I'm just going to be quiet. That's what I'm going to do. Are you wise in your own opinion? Do you repay evil with evil? So if somebody cuts you off, do you, with your like car full of kids, have to speed up, right, and then cut that person off again to help them understand that that's not what we do? That is wrong. Okay? Don't do what I'm doing. my encourage take a deep breath take a deep breath it's okay it's all right did you get into an accident no do they need probably a little bit more training drive yes but it's fine it's okay it'll be all right don't repay evil with evil do you have regard for good things do you exalt good things do you cling to those good things do you live peaceably with all men or do you like to start things is that you? Do you just like, do you get bored and you just like to start things and just, 
perpetuate things. And, hmm. Do you avenge yourself? Are you an avenger? <laughs> Do you say, I've been wronged and I have to make it right? That is my duty. Because you're so altruistic, right? It's hard. I'm telling you, that, that one is hard. Because if you've been wronged, like, and you are in the right, it is hard not to take matters into your own hands. But you know your God is big, right? Like, big, big, big. You think he can handle it? So just, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Do you overcome evil with good? Do you overcome evil with good? Those are my 20 questions. Did you see yourself? I know I saw myself. And like most of them, so I'm like, this convinces me that I cannot rely on my righteousness because I fail and I am terrible. I can't, like, I can't even. <sighs> that is why we need to, friends, we need to rely on Christ's righteousness alone. Does that mean that that gives me a license to just do whatever? No, because the Spirit of God is in me. He empowers me. I am going through this sanctification process. I am becoming less like myself and more like him. So there should be a noted change in my life. There should be, listen to me, there should be a noticeable change, a growth in my life. Those things that I used to desire, I no longer desire. Why? Because of his love towards me. So my wife and I, we dated for about five years. That's a long time. I do not recommend that for anyone. No one, no one, because it was really tough, you know, to try to, because we, you know, we're Christians and stuff like that, and we're trying to go ahead and, you know, obey and be faithful to, to God's word, you know, but the one thing that, that really prevented me from falling, so to speak, was the fact that I love my father-in-law. That guy, he invested in me. He took me in. He showed me how to do things that I didn't know how to do before. His love towards me was a primary motivator why I did not want to let him down. I didn't want to do something against him that would offend him because even if he never found out, guess what? I would know. I would know. So that's my father-in-law, a flawed man, just like me, just like you. And because of his love towards me, that is what inspired me to do what I did. How much more so your heavenly father? The one who sent his son to die on the cross for you, for me, so that we would have a relationship with him. You think that that should motivate us to respond in faith and obedience to his word. So what he is asking us to do. Maybe, right? Just, just maybe. But he doesn't ask us to do it alone. 
He endues us with power. That same resurrection power, he endues us with that so that we can overcome. No longer are we slaves unto sin. We are his kids. And guess what? His kids behave like this. This is how they behave. This is how we should behave. And if you're feeling it, you should be. You should be. That is what repentance is all about. It's coming to a place where you recognize, God, I, I can't without you. I have tried time and time again, and I come to the same place where I realize that I cannot. But right at that moment where you come to the I cannot is where he says, I can. And so when we put our faith and our trust in him, in his faith, finished work we are made righteous because of what he did not because of anything that we did or we can do it is because of him and him alone so I ask you this morning if you're here in this place or if you're joining us online have you RSVP'd to the kingdom invitation have you said yes or are you still on that highway <laughs> to who knows where to do who knows what the king has sent out his servant with an invitation would you come would you lay down your life? Would you lay down what it is that you're doing and say, God, I will follow you to the end of my days. I put my faith and trust in your work alone. I'm not rely on my righteousness, on what I can do, because I realize that I cannot do it. I realize that I am a sinner in need of a savior. And so I accept your invitation. every eye closed, every head bowed. If that's you this morning, if you say, you know what? I want to surrender my life to Christ. I have been running long enough. I'm tired. I am just tired of trying to do it on my own. I simply you are to recognize that this morning God is here he's saying I can and I will if you just surrender now if you have if you as RSVP to that kingdom invitation are you clothed in the righteousness of Christ alone or have you somewhere along the way have you said you know 
I've been trying to do it on my own. I've been trying to strive on my own. I've been trying to do it on my own. And I too am tired. If that's you this morning, would you raise your hand? Would you say, that's me? That's me, Lord. I'm trying on my own and I cannot. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. If I could have the altar workers come up and help me pray. If you raise your hand, come on. Come on up to the altar. We want to pray with you. We want to get with you. You are not alone. You are not alone. As I was preparing this message, repeatedly I was repenting because I'm like, God, I've tried. I'm, I'm trying to do this on my own, and I just, I can't, Lord. I can't. I need you to come. I need you to help me. Renew me once again. When I was preparing this, this last, these last questions, the, the words that came to mind were uh, words from a Hillsong worship song. It was um, that song, Cornerstone. And the, the lines that really spoke to me were, when he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found dressed in his righteousness alone faultless stand before the throne it's not just enough to accept the kingdom invitation but we need to rely on his righteousness alone not our own father we come before you this morning dear god Father, we repent, dear Lord God. Forgive us, my God. Forgive us for trying to do it in our own strength. When you have not called us to that, dear God. You have called us to trust in your finished work, my God. You have called us to rest in what you have done, what you have secured on our behalf, my God. So I pray, my Lord Jesus, that you would forgive us, my God. Cleanse us once again, my Lord God. Renew us, my Lord God. Renew our commitment to you, dear God, to living and behaving as children of the King, my Lord God. Marked, my God, by your character, my God, by who you are in us. Let's worship him this morning. Jesus, we worship you, God. We worship you, Lord. Father, we worship you. I've carried a burden for too long on my own. Jesus. I was in Say hey. 